You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Eddie Tilly. Why is it so hard to remember? The other day I'm heading out to the grocery store, list in hand, on my phone, right? And my wife hollers out, hey, you mind adding ketchup to the list? Got it. I keep walking. Are you going to add ketchup to the list? Babe, steel trap. Exactly. I don't need to tell you how that ended, right? And it's not just grocery lists. I mean, the other morning I woke up and just felt like immediately there was just this dark emotional cloud hanging over me. And I go and I sit in my chair and I can't even bring myself to open up my Bible, but my journal was there. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to open up my journal and just sort of write down what I'm feeling right now. So I open it up and I notice this is the first time I've written anything in there in a month. So I read that last entry and I'm struck by two things. One I have completely forgotten what I wrote down one month ago. And two, how encouraging it was. I mean, God had given me this wonderful promise straight out of his word, and I simply forgot. You know what I don't have a hard time remembering? Every bad thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life, I can rattle a list off as long as my arm right now. What is that? If I didn't know any better, I would think there's something trying to check the thoughts at the door, right? Oh, what do you have there? Ooh, ooh, that's bad. That's terrible. Oh, how painful. Let's hang on to that. Oh, look how wonderful. What? Oh, my goodness. How encouraging. That's great. Toss it. I mean, that couldn't be true, right? There couldn't be something behind the scenes trying to keep us from remembering the good. You know, when I was a kid, I suffered terribly in school. I had anxiety and panic attacks. I very rarely made it past the first hour or two in kindergarten because they'd have to remove me from the classroom. When you're a kid and you grow up in a home where there's constantly erupting emotional chaos, it kind of feels like you're drowning all the time. And it's like the emotions are just right there. And sometimes they just start to creep up and they hit this place to where all of a sudden you just become completely emotionally out of control. You know what the one memory I have of in kindergarten that was the biggest source of stability for me? The American flag. If I close my eyes, I can still see it. A small flag on a little wooden dowel protruding from the wall of the classroom. And every morning, our day started the same way. It was the one constant, stable thing in my life. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. One nation under God, indivisible. One nation under God, indivisible. I don't think I was old enough to logically understand what those words meant, but I intuitively knew that they meant peace. And every morning, everyone in that classroom, regardless of where we came from, we were all united. And in that uniting moment, there was peace. And when I came back for first grade, flag was gone. 
We didn't stand. We didn't pledge. We didn't honor. Oh, and the anxiety, the panic attacks, man, they got a lot worse. It took me a while to connect the dots of how can something so simple, 15 seconds at the beginning of a day, transform into such a radical, stable change? You know, now we question, right? One nation under God, indivisible peace? You know, maybe there is some supernatural foe who just seeks to drive from our minds those things which unite us. And maybe today, rather than questioning, maybe we need to stand and make a statement. One nation, under God, indivisible. So ladies and gentlemen, would you please stand with me as we honor our fallen heroes by pledging allegiance to the flag for which they gave their lives and by making a commitment that we will not forget. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proud twilight's last gleam whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watch were so gallantly and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, Say, does that star spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the be seated. Well, happy Memorial Day, Cathedral. You will be remembered 
It was a week before last, and I had the opportunity to go down to the campus of the Citadel and talk with a very dear friend of mine, and you're going to hear from him later on in the service. But last week, I was talking with pastors Megan and Luke Turner and just talking about how well the video shoot went. And I told them, I said, you know, I didn't realize that there is a war memorial right next to the chapel on the Citadel campus. And in that memorial are all the names of the Citadel alumni who have given that ultimate sacrifice. And as we talked more and more about that, Pastor Megan made this statement. She said, I wonder if it helps going into battle knowing that you will be remembered. And something about that just struck me. And I thought, you know, I don't know that anybody going into battle has the exact thought of, hey, this is going to be easier because I know people are going to remember me, but I know we all struggle with being forgotten. We all struggle with the thought of, does my life really matter? When I'm dead and gone, is anybody going to remember me? And then I began to think, what is it about remembering? Why is it that it is so hard? Because yes, there is an agenda behind remembering the good, is there not? Is it quicker for you to remember the bad things that have happened in your life or the wonderful things? If you sit down to write a list, how quickly can you fill up a notebook with the bad things and how hard do you have to concentrate and think about what are the good things? There really is an agenda. And as I begin to think about that, I thought I really wanted us to do something today that would be very, very practical. Something that not only would be in the same vein of honoring and remembering, but something that we could do more than just on Memorial Day. And then it struck me. Who is the originator of the ultimate sacrifice? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one. He is the one that led the way. And I began to go back and think about the Last Supper in the night of the Last Supper. And I began to read what Jesus was saying. And now you can see this whole idea of remembering and honoring and love and sacrifice completely laid out. You know, in John, there are five chapters that are nothing but red letters because it's all the words of Jesus talking to his disciples on the night of the Last Supper. Five chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five chapters on what Jesus was saying to his disciples that night. He's trying to get them ready, right? He knows he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be killed. He's trying to get them ready. So he is laying down for them all of the greatest things he could possibly give to them. And in that, in, in John chapter 15, are these two simple verses. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what Jesus was about to do. They didn't know that. They didn't get it. He's trying to tell them, guys, look, I, your world, your whole world is about to be wrecked. Everything you put your faith in, your trust in, your beliefs, your hopes, your dreams are all about to be completely shattered. But they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. But he was laying the groundwork for them saying, I want you to understand that in my act of doing this for you, there's no greater way that I could express how much I love you. Nothing else that I could do. 
And then when we go into Luke chapter 22, we see what he actually said to them during the Last Supper, what you and I call communion. And beginning in verse 19, it says, He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to each disciple, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So in other words, he was saying, when you, when you take that bread, when you take communion, when you break whatever that element is that represents that bread, that is my body. And what I want you to do in that moment is I want you to remember I want you to see, I want you to see me on that cross. I want you to see the beating that I took. I want you to see the torture. I want you to see the shame, the disgrace. I want you to see that bloody, torn to pieces body nailed to that cross. Why? Because that punishment was meant for you. I took that for you. That punishment that was laid on me was for your sin, for your transgression. And you couldn't pay it. There's no way. And so I did that for you. And then in the very next verse, it says says that he took the cup of wine and he passed that to me. He said, take this and drink. This represents the new covenant between God and you, sealed with my blood. Take this and drink in remembrance of me. In other words, now because of what I did, there is a new promise. And that promise is that your sins are forgiven now and forever. And nothing can ever come between you and God because of the promise that is sealed with this blood that I shed on that cross for you. You need to remember. Remember that. Stay in touch with that. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to take communion this morning. And so guest services is going to begin to pass out the communion elements. And if you're watching online, you've got time to just go ahead and find something, some bread and and something to use, some juice, water, whatever you want to use. But I want to explain to you the communion and why we do it because a couple of weeks ago, we have prayer every Wednesday morning. And a couple of weeks ago, we did communion. And once we said that we were going to do communion, we encouraged people to take it. A gentleman walked up to me in the back of the auditorium. He said, hey, could you help me out and tell me how to do this? Because I've only ever done it in church service. And I really don't know, how do you do that? So I thought we need to equip you to be able to do this because this is something that you need to do a lot more than just when we do it on a Sunday morning in service. It's something that we need to stay in touch with because when we stay in touch with, The fact that Christ took our punishment on him and that he shed his blood for us, it keeps our hearts soft towards God and it keeps our hearts soft towards our fellow man. I'm telling you, there is an agenda at foot in this country. There is. I really felt like the Lord gave me this word in first service. And I don't know who this is for. and Maybe it's for a lot of us. But you know, I love the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And the first three chapters of Revelation are all written to the churches. And in those letters, Jesus would talk to these different churches. He'd say, hey guys, you're doing this great. You're doing this wonderful. Great job with all this. But I've got this one place you need to work on. Like you're not doing so good there. And I thought, I said, you know what? I wonder if Jesus would come and stand on our stage this morning, if he might say something like this. Man, you know, Cathedral, you're doing a good job. 
You're doing a good job at loving people. You're doing a great job at, at bringing my presence into this place so that people can experience who I am. But I've got this one thing against you. You've disqualified the founders of this great nation because of their sin. And in doing that, you have disqualified my grace. And in doing that, you have forgotten who I am. So I don't know if that's you, but I would simply say to you, just repent. Understand what's going on. It's not about all these little things we're bickering and arguing about. I promise you one thing right now. If somehow we were all picked up right now and dropped off over in the Middle East in the middle of the Russian-Ukrainian war and somebody's shooting at you, nothing you're worried about right now is even going to be a care on your mind. All you're going to want to know is, do you have my back? I've got your back if you got mine. That's it. But we allow this, this thing to get in there and to, and to strip us of the things that unite us and to elevate the things that divide us. And that's why Jesus said, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this often. You need to stay in touch with, man, you ain't all that. I came and I died for you. You need to remember that somebody needed to. And you need to remember that now you are a part of an everlasting covenant, a promise, an eternal promise that can never be broken. And rather than seeking to build walls and divisions between you and your fellow man, you need to find a way to reach them with the truth that God loves them. They need to know what you know. And so we're going to take communion this morning around that whole idea of remembering and honoring. So I'm going to tell you right now like I do every time with these. Go ahead and start working on it. That daggone little thing on the top where that wafer is, you know it's hard to get to. Thank you for whoever went ahead and did mine for me ahead of time so I didn't have to fight with it up here. But I just want to walk you through something, just a very simple way to take communion so that you can do this for yourself. You can do this anytime you want, anywhere you want in the privacy of your own home, on your lunch break at work, just any time where you kind of feel that like the world is beginning to take over, like your mind, like there's confusion or there's anxiety or there's worry, take a moment. It doesn't take long. It's kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance. A few seconds off to the side by yourself. Get whatever you can find, a cracker, a piece of bread, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're really hard up, get a Snickers bar. I've done it before. <laughs> just get whatever's at hand, man. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters what it represents. And so take that element in your hand right now, and let's just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I know that this represents your body. And your body was broken for me. You took my punishment. You took my condemnation. You took my shame. It was all put on you. That cross in what you endured was for me. And right now, I remember you. And as I eat this, I remember your sacrifice for me. And just take and break that and eat it.
And then as you hold that juice in your hand, and again, if you're at home, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be juice. It could be water. It could be anything. Again, what matters is what it represents. And so just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, this represents your blood. And that blood seals an irreversible promise that I belong to you, that my sins are forgiven, that the price was paid, and now I'm free. No longer a slave to this world or anything in it. I am your child, and I belong to you. And as I drink this, I remember the blood you shed for me. And just drink. Amen. 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 So I want us to continue our honoring of our fallen heroes. And I never feel qualified to do that because I did not serve in the military. My father had a very distinguished service in the Air Force, and I'm so proud of what he did. But I have a very, very dear friend. His name is Keith Brace, and he just embodies what this day is all about. And nobody, in my opinion, can even come close to expressing it in the way that he does. So our gift to you this morning is this Memorial Day message from Lieutenant Colonel Keith Brace. Enjoy. See what I mean? Nobody can deliver a Memorial Day message like that. So I just want to wrap today's service by just reminding you again, why do we remember? Why is there a war against remembering? Because you and I are part of a story. And this story has history, it has legacy, it has value, it creates vision in your life. And it goes back to the beginning of time, all through the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were struggling, when they were being oppressed, when they were being enslaved, when they were being conquered, God was saying, remember, remember, remember who I am. I promise I'm coming. I promise the Messiah is coming. I promise you're going to be set free. Remember those promises. And then when Jesus came and he set the example, by giving the ultimate sacrifice. He said, remember. Remember who you are. Remember who I am. Remember the debt that I paid for you. And let the gratification of that, let the satisfaction of that rise to a place in you to where you overcome all the pettiness to where you realize that you're still a part of the story and we're not to the end and you're surrounded by people that need to know. Don't get distracted. The story remains the same. Right now, the door is open, but soon it's going to close. And I need you to get out there and let people know. This is the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Two nations that I think embody the ultimate sacrifice better than any other nation, the United States of America and Israel. I challenge you to find two groups of people with a more dedicated military force on the face of the planet. But can I just say to you that we're in trouble? I dare say that the most honorable and respectable people of still high-quality integrity are in the military. 
And I know people in the military, and we're losing it there. This war against remembering, this agenda to erase the past. Why erase the past? It doesn't have anything to do with what you think it does. It has everything to do with this. Because if I can erase your past, you're nobody from nowhere with no vision. Well, Eddie, the sin, the, well, I get it. Sin we had to deal with, yeah. Perfect people, absolutely not. Let me tell you something. If we're going to erase people's past because of their sin, y'all can go ahead and throw out every sermon I've ever preached from this stage, including this one. You and I have the greatest qualifier to stand and be a beacon of light than anybody else in the entire world, and that is Jesus Christ. And you are that beacon. So you do go out, and you do exactly what Keith said. That's what he's doing right now. He's sitting in Aiken, South Carolina, with his family, enjoying his family, celebrating Memorial Day, and he would want you to do the same. Would you stand to your feet with me? So we want to help you out. We want to give you just a very practical way to kind of jumpstart you, get you in the mood. It's, it's been a somber service, right? But it needs to be because we do need to remember and we need to touch the somberness of the day. But then we do need to honor. We need to let the loss not be for nothing. We need to let the sacrifices be for something. What is it? That we lay down our pettiness and, man, we enjoy our family and our friends and we go out there and just have the best day ever. And I can't think of a better way to help you guys have the best day ever than a daggone Publix cupcake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we got for you. When you're headed out them doors, we got Publix cupcakes out there. Red icing, white icing. Go ahead and get your red, white, and blue and Just go ahead. Help yourself to it. Listen, guys. God bless you guys. Y'all are the greatest congregation ever. Lord bless you. Keep you. Call this face to shine upon you. Have a great Memorial Day. We'll see you next weekend. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.